Good morning, folks. My name is Steve. I'm one of the pastors here. If we haven't met, well, Happy New Year. Welcome to 2023. And I have a question for us this morning. <clears throat> Where will you be in 2023? I've made some plans, and maybe you've been making some plans as well. Uh, and I was reminded as I was thinking through this question of where I was in 2020, and I was thinking a lot differently about planning back then than I have been this year. Uh, in March of 2023, COVID was just really rearing its ugly head. <clears throat> My wife Jane and I were, had been traveling for about five years in and out of Sydney supporting uh, overseas mission workers in the Asia Pacific area. And so once again, in March, we were planning to go off to Indonesia, spend two weeks there, support missionaries, and uh, just have a great time. But when the day came to leave, we had to ask ourselves some serious questions. Should we really be taking this trip? I mean, mind you, by then, there was no isolation, no quarantine. The idea of jabs wasn't even in our vocabulary yet. And uh, so everything about COVID was really just evolving and developing, but very, very quickly. So by faith, we set off, <clears throat> flew to Jakarta. When we landed, we turned on our phones and one of our sons had texted us during the flight and said, uh, Mom and Dad, when you come back to Australia, you're going to have to quarantine at home for two weeks. We're like, oh boy, should we stay? What if they lock down the whole country? Nah, they'd never do that, would they? <laughs> so after a night of not much sleep, we rebooked our tickets, turned around, and came home in quarantine for two weeks. Now that all of that is kind of history, starting to make some plans again with new confidence, feeling the sense of freedom like, we actually had our Christmas Day services here, hooray! My wife flew to California three days ago, and our daughter there had a baby yesterday, hooray! So exciting, yeah! Jane got to be there for it! Plans are actually starting to happen again. And so I need this reminder from James that many times I try to take control of my life by making plans and I make some big claims. I am going to do this or that. And I say it with all confidence. And so today we're going to see from James that in order to have control in our lives, we need to give control to the God who controls all things. So let's look at verse 13 once again. <clears throat> James says, now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. So James tells us very clearly, listen up. Those of you that are making plans for this new year, be careful how you make them. We have lots of different ideas about making plans, right, and New Year's resolutions and so forth, and there's actually some good things about making plans. We'd never go on holidays if we didn't make plans. You wouldn't have gotten here this morning if you hadn't made some kind of plans, and there may be some not here because they failed to make plans, or their plans went wrong, and there's a lot of wisdom in planning. <clears throat> some very famous people have said this. A goal without a plan is just a wish. Oh, I've had a few of those. Benjamin Franklin said very famously, if you fail to plan, you are planning to fail. And there's an African proverb that says, tomorrow belongs to the people 
who prepare for it today. You know, we have a whole section in our Bible called the wisdom literature. And the Proverbs are part of that. In Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 9 we read, In their hearts humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. So we see that the Bible's all right with making plans. As one famous man said, Alan Lakin, planning is bringing the future into the present so you can do something about it. Now, I like that idea. I just wish I could carry it out. <laughs> How do I bring the future into the present? And that's where James goes next when he says in verse 14, why, you don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while, then vanishes. So we have two problems when it comes to making plans. One is we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You can try. I went online and looked and saw that there's a numerology quiz I could take to tell me what's going to happen tomorrow. Uh, there's a horoscope that you can consult. I don't recommend it. Some of you are probably familiar with the name Nostradamus. He's very famous for having insight, allegedly, into what happened. And I went and looked and found he wrote this kind of enigmatic poetry, which I didn't quite believe. Anyway, there will be people who are recommending to you stocks to buy for next year, property to invest in, where interest rates are going. But the bottom line is, if anybody tells you with 100% clarity, guarantee they know what's going to happen tomorrow, don't give them your money. Imagine where the gambling industry would be if we really could know what's going to happen tomorrow. So that's the first problem. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. The second problem with making plans is we can't keep ourselves alive. I went back and had a look at some of the famous people who died this past year. <clears throat> Olivia Newton-John gone at 73 years of age. John Hamblin, one of our kids' favorites from play school, passed away. Judith Durham from The Seekers, some of you oldies will be familiar with her, right? Yvette Mooney was only 57 years old, 58 years old. She was a famous news presenter on Channel 7. Very famous Aboriginal songman and storyteller Archie Roach passed away. We lost sports people like Paul Green, three from cricket, Rod Marsh, Andrew Simon, Shane Warren. None of them could keep themselves alive. And perhaps most famously, not even Her Majesty the Queen Elizabeth II. And so we mourn the loss of these people, but while they are famous and very public, perhaps we mourn even more for our friends and family that we lost this past year. And some of you may still be grieving, grieving deeply over those losses. And we like to say here at MBM, we want to stand with you in your time of loss. So please reach out to me, to another one of our pastors here, if you feel the need for that kind of support and help. James tells us that our lives are like a mist, like a vapor, here today, gone tomorrow. He must have lived for a while in western Sydney in the winter, right? When we know the fog in the morning, 
It comes on, and then by 9 or 10 o'clock, it's gone. And he says, that's what our lives are like. And we know if we had the power, we would do all we can to keep ourselves and others from dying. But sometimes it's in the loss of something precious to us that we actually begin to grasp harder for more control. It was the loss of our freedom and life as we knew it that brought in so much fear and chaos around COVID. We knew the loss of our jobs, the loss of our health. Some people lost their savings. And so we have this conundrum, right? We see on one hand, planning is very good. God tells us we can do it, and He is a God who plans. But on the other hand, our plans go wrong. We can't seem them make to come to pass. So I ask this question, how can you then take control in 2023? Well, let me give you a few options. Uh, first of all, you could go back to the old days with a singer and sing, que sera, sera, right? Whatever will be, will be. It's kind of like in our Aussie parlance, no worries, mate, she'll be right. And so we have this approach sometime to the future like, I'm not going to worry about it all. Whatever will be, will be. Just let it happen. Or you might take the opposite perspective like, now that doesn't work for me. I need to have some control. And so good on you for making New Year's resolutions. You might know that Latin expression, quorum deo, right? Seize the day. Or maybe you're going to get the latest planning calendar, software update, or join the latest dieting fad. Could try a lock on your fridge. Or you might read a new book about relationships like Atomic Habits or 12 Rules for Life. You might take the approach of letting everything go or grabbing things with both hands. Or some of you might even be here today because you're going to give religion a go. Start coming to church. Start reading your Bible. Maybe even consider getting baptized. I'd love to talk to you about it if you are. But you know, there's one thing we need to understand about religion or taking control, and that is this. God and all of these, God is not someone who allows us to write him into our story. And that's the problem with all of these approaches, right? These approaches leave you calling the shots. They leave you in control. They leave you still crooning with Frank Sinatra. I planned each charted course, each careful step along the byway, and more, much more than this, ready? I planned it my way. Well, my apologies to you, Frank. But that is the essence of the human spirit, right? We want to think from the beginning to the end, I planned it my way. And the problem with all of these approaches and options is this. It leaves you holding the pen, still writing your own story. What does James tell us in verse 15? Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live or do this or that. Notice how James uses the expression, if the Lord wills, to cover both of the problems. If it's the Lord's will, we will live. 
If it's the Lord's will, we will do this or that. So what would, would it look like in 2023 for us to use this expression, if the Lord wills, in a way that could be helpful? Well, I have three ideas around that for us this morning, and here's the first one. When we say, if the, Lord's will, if the Lord wills, it is a conscious declaration saying, God knows and has planned what will happen in 2023. God knows and has planned what will happen in 2023. And here's the thing about this statement. You will never be able to say with confidence anything about the future until you can say with confidence about the past, God knows and planned it all. Until you believe God knew and planned everything in your past, you won't have the confidence to say that about the future. And we lose confidence in God sometimes. Perhaps this last year, your confidence and trust in God has been rocked by what He wrote into your story. And so that accelerates, it raises our level of fear, our desire for control. It breeds anger and unforgiveness in our hearts. We feel resentment welling up. And so when we use the expression, if the Lord wills, we are saying, I accept God as the writer of my story, past, present, and future. The second thing I think this means, when we say, if the Lord, Lord's wills, if I can't even say it myself, right? If it is the Lord's will, we are saying, this is a conscious declaration that all that happens in 23 happens because God's power brings it to pass. God knows what's going to happen, and He has the power to control that. Think about the frustration we experience at times when we can see something's about to happen and we have no power to control it. I went back to my childhood with this one. I thought about that first soccer ball my mom and dad gave me. I loved that soccer ball because soccer is my favorite sport. And I was loving that ball. I was, you know, washing it, making sure no scratches got on it. And one day I was kicking it back and forth with one of my mates and I just gave it that little extra kick. He failed to trap the ball, went past him, and I could see it rolling towards the road and a car coming this way. I could see what was about to happen to my soccer ball, and I had no power to control it. And sure enough, pop, that was the end of my first soccer ball. Uh, yes, exactly. I was crying. That was the end. I could see what was about to happen, and I had no power to control it. Listen to what Paul said about God in Acts 17 in verse 25. God, he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. God is in control of every detail of our lives right down to the last breath. My wife and I used to enjoy 
putting our children into their beds in their bedrooms and standing by their open doors and singing to them that little prayer. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And if I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Why do we pray that, sing that to the kids? Because we want to remind ourselves every night that it is God who holds our very breath and the care of our soul in his hands. To say, if the Lord wills, is a way for us to acknowledge our total dependence on him. If the Lord wills is an invitation to give our fear to God and to let him control what only he can control anyway. The third thing I think this is saying is if the Lord wills is a conscious declaration that God is good all the time and all the time God is good. If the Lord wills is bowing in worship to God and saying, you know what is best for me in 2023. You know, the expression, if the Lord wills, is how Jesus taught us to pray, right? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It was Jesus' way of living as well. Jesus taught us to pray that way, but as he lived his life, he lived in connection with God every day, and when he came right up to that final hour before his death, in the Garden of Gethsemane, what does Jesus do? He bows down on his knees, and he raises his hands up to his Father, and he says, Father, if there is any way that you can take this cup, this judgment, if you can change your plans about the cross, please, Father, do it now. And there was silence. God wasn't going to change his plans. <clears throat> and so Jesus said, Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And in living like this, Jesus shows us he had 100% trust in what God knew was coming, in his power to control it, and that his father was good. You see, when Jesus prayed and didn't get what he asked for, his immediate experience was his father saying no. God didn't change his plans. His immediate experience was Jesus actually going to the cross, suffering and dying. But the ultimate experience of Jesus was being raised from the dead on the third day. The ultimate experience of Jesus was his father keeping his promise. And that is the hope of the gospel. Maybe it's something you're just considering for the first time today. That God knows all that's happened in your past. He knows all that's coming next year and he's in control. He's good. God wants you to bow to him in worship today and say, God, take my life. It's yours. Just as Jesus did 
with his father. But the good news about the gospel is not just when we hear it the first time, it's when we hear it for the 500th time. It's reminding ourselves of that all the time when we're asking God for things and he says no. Or he says wait. And he says trust me that I am good. You know, when Jesus gave up control to his Father who controls all things, God didn't actually give him control. I said earlier on, we give up control to the God who controls all things so we can actually get control. It was a bit of a furphy, sorry. Because control isn't getting back into our hands the control of all of our circumstances. When Jesus gave up control to his Father, what did he get? He actually got his Father. He got a relationship with his father. He enjoyed that relationship and experienced that relationship in ways that he hadn't up until that point. So when we are asking for control, when we are grabbing for life with both hands as if that's all there is, this is all there is, I have to have it, that's what the world is telling us. Take 2023. Coram Deo, seize the day, get everything you can, because this is all there is. Jesus comes to us and he says, no, no, there's, there's much more than that. If the Lord wills, we will live. If the Lord wills, we will do this or that, because God knows everything and has a plan. He's all-powerful, and it will be done. And even better than that, he is loving and good. Now, you may be thinking, Steve, I thought when you asked the question, where will you be in 2023, it was kind of like, you know, help us get some planning tips for next year. You seem to have gone pretty heavy. Well, I have gone pretty heavy because that's where James goes with this. You see, in the next verse, James says, as it is, that is, making plans without God, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. When we don't cover everything we do with that idea, if the Lord wills, God is telling us we are being arrogant in our planning, and it's evil. To be arrogant is to try to take power that doesn't belong to us and assume importance about ourselves that is really greater than who we are, is to put ourselves in God's place. And it is evil because evil is the opposite of good. Yes, evil is the opposite of good. And what is good is the way God has designed us and made us. He's actually designed us to be in perfect union, attachment, attunement to him. That's the best way to live. And so God calls us to put our plans under his control. James also goes heavy in verse 17 when he says, if anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. Now, I don't know how much time you've spent thinking about 2023 in the categories of arrogant scheming and evil and sin, but that's what James is warning us about. He's telling us when we just make our plans, it's like setting that target out there, drawing the bow, and letting the arrow fly, and it looks like most of my archery totally missed the mark. That's what sin is. Sin is 
taking an aim at doing something good and missing it absolutely and completely. When you think about God knowing everything, planning everything, and then inviting us into those plans, that is quite astounding. God is actually giving us the opportunity by making plans in his will to join him in what he is doing. So what is this target? What is this good that God wants us to be doing? Well, earlier in chapter 4, James tells us what that good is. There's lots of good to do in the book of James, by the way, but our verses today come out of these verses in James 4, verse 6, where James says, God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Come near to God, or sorry, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Now listen to this. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. This is an amazing opportunity for us to come near to God and experience Him coming near to us. Isn't that incredible? God came in the flesh on Christmas Day and now He wants to come near to us every day that He gives us in 2023. So, in conclusion, what am I going to be doing next week? Well, next week I'm going to be taking some time to make some plans. I am. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to look at my mission statement as the mission pastor, the goals that I'm setting. I'm going to be praying about them and covering them with this idea if the Lord wills. We set goals as a staff at MBM and we call them our God-desired outcomes because we believe God has desires for us that he wants us to be aiming for, and we want to pursue that. Because when we plan, we're saying, I plan believing God has a plan. He's in control of that, and he is loving and good. I mentioned that uh, when Jane and I turned around and came back to Australia from our planned trip in 2020, I was full of a lot of anxiety around that because I kind of saw what was coming and I had no power to control it. I'm thinking, God, I, I think you're changing things here. I'm not too good with that. Foolishly thinking I could hold on to everything and do a better job than God could. But here's something interesting. If God hadn't changed my plans, taken my job from me, I wouldn't be here this morning. Now, don't cheer, okay, I'll, we can leave that for later, but anyway. I'm very thankful God changed my plans. I love being here. But I had to do some serious battle with God to let go of what I was doing, open my hands, and let him fill them. COVID forced me to change many things. And lockdown forced me to face up to my past. Some things that happened in my childhood that were very painful. I had to go there. I couldn't go anywhere else. And by God's grace and good counsel, I found some healing. And I'm so thankful 
that God has been writing my story from day one until now, and He will continue to do that as my good and loving God in 2023. And so I want to invite you this morning to give the pen to God and say, God, write my story for 2023. I might not understand everything you've been writing about in the past, but I want to confess my boasting and arrogance to you. I want to look at Jesus dying on the cross, dying for my pride in my sin and say sorry. God, I want to trust you to do good to me in 2023. Let's pray. Oh, loving God and Heavenly Father, when we look to the past and all that's happened in our lives, many times there's so much pain, hurt, anger, resentment, unforgiveness, fear, and we try to push it down. We try to snuff it out with laughter, with parties, alcohol, relationships, anything we can not to remember what was there. But you tell us to humble ourselves. You tell us to turn our laughter into mourning to let it become grieving, to come near to you because you, the God who suffered for us and with us, wants to come near to us. Oh God, would you help us today to give control to you, the one who controls all thing, things so that we can get you and know your peace and joy in the year to come. In Jesus' name, amen.